0: And I'm Damo,
1: and together we're here to bring you another episode of The Barry Barry
0: Chronicles. Chronicles. So Damo, so Tash,
1: what are we going to discuss this week?
0: A very interesting topic, close to my heart.
1: Close to your heart?
0: Well, not really. Is it a small, (laughs) is it a very
1: small topic?
0: (laughs) (laughs) The pre-op diet.
1: Oh, how lovely.
0: Yes. So, opti and Yeah, opti
1: shards and all of those wonderful things. Oh. Now, it's been a hot minute since you did your pre-op.
0: Yeah, the, well, a bit over nine years now.
1: Nine years, And for me, it's a little bit over five years. Wow. But we've also seen your wife Kimmy. Do pre-op. Yes. And. And my Steve's husband, about Steve, to Steve is about to do pre-op.
0: <laughs> That's gonna be.
1: Funny. <laughs> I know it's mean. We'll be it's very mean.
0: supportive.
1: It's mean. I will. I will be supportive. I promise.
0: To his face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, he he actually loves the shakes. really
0: he's one of those people he
1: is he he is one of the oh they all taste fine he's he's tried all of them and he likes all of them so anyway we all know that when we have weight loss surgery well in australia anyway um there is usually a pre-op diet component that goes along with that
0: yes and that's to reduce the size of the liver during surgery yes and obviously the smaller we are uh, the less weight we have the safer anesthetic and all that sort of yeah, stuff is. Uh, uh, yeah so it's pretty important because mm-hmm. they have to go in and, and get around the liver and, and do, things do whatever they're doing so over the it's usually about two weeks isn't it
1: yeah well mine mine was two weeks steve's that's coming up very soon at the end of September. His is two weeks.
0: Mm. Mine was ten days, probably because the doctor knew that <laughs> I wouldn't last that yeah, long.
1: Maybe, um, but I I actually willingly did six weeks. Well wow. I know, sounds crazy. Um, I did I did have a face like a facial cyst um, up above one of my front teeth that had grown and we found out a few weeks before the surgery, my weight loss surgery, that I needed to have that removed. Mm. So I kind of went, well, I had to have a soft diet anyway. So it just kind of made sense to start a little bit early. And mm. I was only really doing one OptiFast type of shake a day. And just the other the other meals were, were like a puree type of situation going on. Mm. Mm.
0: But I think for me, because we, we think pre-op, okay, this is a chance to, you know, get prepare ourselves yeah. for, for surgery. Well, yeah. 10 days certainly wasn't enough preparation for me.
1: No, I'm going to, look, I'm going to be really honest and just say that six weeks wasn't enough for me. I knew that surgery was coming, like you. I mean, I we, we kind of knew a year in advance because yeah. I had to up my private health.
0: And I had to get private health.
1: So we knew that the surgery was happening. And I think I was so focused on the surgeon and the surgery that I forgot that there's a whole life that comes after.
0: And My life.
1: Yeah. Your life. Yeah. Like our, our whole life. life. The life that comes afterwards. But I was so focused on that one event that it kind of escaped my notice that I was going to need to live after that Mm. and I think the fact that I really didn't didn't kind of grasp just how dramatic the changes were going to be kind of set me up a little bit for a hard time.
0: Yeah, For, for me it was um bread. Yeah. I couldn't eat bread after I had surgery and
1: and bread was your best. It was my
0: best friend in the whole world.
1: Bestie. Just bestest.
0: I went from, you know, bread at every meal and in between meals mm. to, oh my goodness, my best friend now makes me vomit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> my best friend is a bad friend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that was so hard.
1: I, I, I mean, look, we make it... We. We make it kind of sound a little bit funny but it's actually not well yeah. it, it wasn't for me anyway when when i realized that a lot of my favorites would were off the table in that immediate post-op period i yeah. was just devastated
0: yeah i hadn't actually sat down and thought about everything that i was going to have to give up yeah i knew that i would have to eat less food and and all that. But
1: wait a minute, Damo, giving things up, what do you mean?
0: Well, now I know that there are things that I can eat in moderation. Yep. It's taken a long time to learn what moderation is.
1: Yes, me too. I can relate to that one. For
0: me at the time, um, I was allowed to have bread, but it would just make me sick, so that was... That was out. Uh, rice would make yeah. me sick. Yeah, I can relate um, to that one. Even now, Chinese um, is a bit hit and miss. Sort of have a 50/50 chance of whether it's coming up or not. But I had to. I, I realised early on after surgery that I had to make these dramatic cuts because. I was so addicted to these foods that I was used to.
1: Yeah. Oh, look, um, I think probably, well, not probably, for me, I definitely had disordered eating patterns Yep. prior to my surgery. And one of the funny things that, that we don't really talk about a lot is that the surgery itself, and those early post-op period it just by the very nature of it and by how restricted we are it's um those phases and stages are sort of quite um restrictive mm. and it is definitely if you were to stay on if you were to stay around that type of restriction then you could head towards problems or difficulties yeah i think
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: You know, in terms of um, disordered eating in the long term. So it's a really hard, I I think that this is a really hard topic because I know I needed a lot of support post-operatively and I wish that I'd gone down the path of getting myself that type of help pre-op. I'm really not sure how much of a difference it would have made because I don't think I would have fully grasped just how little food I was going to be consuming until it happened to me.
0: Yeah, I think for, for me going from these massive plates of food that I was used to, yeah, imagining half a cup was just, I couldn't, would Mindful. never have been able to conceive that.
1: Yeah, like imagining yourself literally Ugh! you know, like opening the pants, yeah, after, you know, to, to give your tummy a bit of room after like, a quarter of a cup of food, which is, which is what happened to me. It just yeah. seemed inconceivable. And I didn't conceive of that prior to my surgery. I, I had no yeah. understanding that that is really and truly how limited I was going yeah. to be. And I grieved, I grieved food. Yeah. Um, well, it was
0: such a, it was always such a, um, a big part of, yeah. of our family.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, you know, every event If we was, were happy, we ate. It had a feast yeah. associated with it. If we were it. sad. We ate.
1: If we were depressed. We ate. If we were stressed. Ate. Anxiety. Ate. Angry. Ate. Really ate. So Take it out
0: on that chicken wing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So... So there, there, there's just a lot of habits, yeah, and a lot of things that I really didn't understand were in my life mm. until I kind of hit pre-op, and I was eating these vegetables and drinking these shakes, and I was missing the, the comfort foods. I was missing the way that I comforted myself yep. with food.
0: That that full feeling where you're sitting yeah. there just going, ah. Oh everything peace. is right with the world
1: I feel peace well
0: to suddenly a quarter of a cup or half a cup you know whatever we're eating that's all that we need but it may not even be giving us that full feeling for some oh, yeah. of us yeah. you know and that's weird because we don't always have to have that full feeling Yeah. and um, and, and I found that strange that, you know, I didn't always feel full, but I knew I'd had enough.
1: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah.
0: You know, these are the things that I don't think a lot of people get to talk about in the lead up to, to weight loss surgery. Yeah. Even, you know, it could be really helpful for some people. Just when you're serving out your meal at night, if you're pre-op, put a quarter of a cup of that aside and go that's how
1: much I'm going to be eating. Yeah,
0: post operative
1: for, you know, while while I'm healing. I think that it's it's so so important that we that we make that mental shift in yeah. our thinking and I did not do that um, yeah. during my pre op. I think I was so miserable that I still really wasn't thinking about what I was going to be having afterwards. I was more focused and in that moment and I certainly wasn't thinking down the track or down the line and it's, it's not to get bogged down in that but I just had no real concept of what my eating was going to look like afterwards and mine literally looked like probably... Four teaspoons of food. Yeah. When I went on to puree, and then I was full, and it was just absolutely mind blowing, and rather like in and I'm just being really honest here in those early days, rather than sort of being able to see that as a positive, it felt very much just like a negative.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because there's no well for me, and I, I just want to preface all this with saying that tash and I don't believe in food shaming at all we at all. we <laughs> encourage people to eat moderately and you know whatever that looks like for you might is going to be different to what it looks like for someone else yeah what we're talking about is our personal experience yeah so for me just having those uh, early on I couldn't I couldn't eat a lot either and I yeah. needed a, they call it a balloon dilation um, to stretch the esophagus and, and to allow food in. So I had that going on where I could eat even less and nothing can really prepare you for that mm. and especially when you're not even thinking about that side of it. I wasn't looking forward far enough. I, I was sort of thinking the weight loss surgery is going to fix that side of it yep. and it fixed it in the point that I couldn't eat as much but it didn't fix my Your my cravings, cravings and yeah. and the mental side of it yep. and that's where I really struggled and, and I started to come undone a bit with it because I couldn't turn to my favourite food, I couldn't you know pick up I couldn't have chocolate at the time because it would just go straight through me and i'd get dumping um so when, when i say there's things that i couldn't eat after it it was literally i couldn't eat it or i'd end up vomiting or diarrhea and so it, it made me change things yeah. that i didn't necessarily want to change
1: yeah oh look i was i probably have i mean i have a very similar experience particularly with with dumping syndrome and you know what not everybody has not everybody gets dumping syndrome yes and that is i i love that i i love it for people that, that don't have dumping syndrome for me uh, anything sort of more than you know 11 12 13 grams of carbs and i experience dumping syndrome i also have reactive hypoglycemia and it is just it's something that i live with so My, and I have celiac disease, so my diet, my, my way of eating, I don't mean diet, but my way of eating has had to be amended Mm. to allow for me to function within, within the confines that I've, that I've been given. Mm. And it's, it's not that I want to restrict, because I don't, but I have these restrictions that I must work within yeah Yeah. so that's and that that's my personal experience
0: so for you the weight loss surgery didn't fix all these problems
1: no no it didn't it didn't It, it, it it's a tool it's definitely been a tool for me to be able to look at my life look at my ways of eating look at the types of foods that I was wanting to have and why I was wanting to have them, why I was eating those, and to make changes to the way that I feel myself.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But that didn't start probably until, you know, I struggled in my first year. Yeah. Post-op. And I I still put it down to just a lack of, um, a lack of mental preparation, really, Mm. in my pre-op.
0: Yeah, I think for me, pre-op, I didn't think that my eating was that bad. I didn't (laughs) think that my portions were that big. Uh, I I I would say to people, doctor, if doctor said, oh, what do what do you eat? I would say, well, it's relatively healthy. I have lots of veggies, and which I did. Except potato three ways isn't three different vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. And I I just... It wasn't that I I was lying. I just honestly believed that my diet... Was okay. Was okay. And you didn't know. And I didn't know. I didn't know what a portion was.
1: Yeah.
0: I didn't understand...
1: Haven't we talked about that a lot personally?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Actually... it. It was funny last night. Uh, I said to Kim that I'd really like uh Philly cheesesteak sandwich mm. for dinner. And so there was 8 of us uh, having dinner last night. We only used 4 steaks. Yeah. And there was leftovers. Yeah. And I was sitting there watching Kim serve it up and and we both were cooking dinner together last night and, and we were just talking about that how pre-op we would have needed at least a steak each and then i would have wanted two yeah. and you know now we're doing four steaks between eight people mm. so even the people that haven't had weight loss surgery are, are like oh yeah that was heaps though i didn't need any more that's, than that.
1: that that's very interesting to me because I believe that if we were we were to look up, you know, in the Australian Healthy Eating Guidelines, I think that we would find that a pit, that, that a serving of steak is actually sixty grams.
0: Yeah, yep.
1: So that's probably about what you were having. Yeah,
0: yeah, because it was just the pre-sliced um, fillet steak from yeah. Coles. So you know, they weren't huge steaks, Yeah. but it was Very more than enough for for all of us. And and I was just like, this is amazing because it's exactly what we've been talking about that even what we've sort of believed our whole lives that a portion is Mm. isn't necessarily what it should be
1: i know for me i and this is something again that, that i i wish i had known prior um is that like the bag of chips is not a serving Yep. So I've learned to weigh things out. Um,
0: Even the ones that are are marketed sort of as a single serve packet aren't necessarily...
1: No, they often have two serves in
0: them. Yeah. So I I remember uh, our great aunt when she was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and, and she took it all very seriously. But she would say, "Oh, if we had, say, a bunch of grapes, you know, Seven grapes as a serve.
1: Yes, she would tell us. Yes, she would.
0: Yeah. You know, well, I never treated it like that. It was like as many handfuls as I could stuff in my mouth yeah. was my serve of grapes, yeah. not seven. Um, I know Tasha's had conversations about uh, the amount of nuts uh, mm-hmm. that that is a serve, and you know, really things like cashews and almonds which can be they're, they're fantastic sources of food but you know we maybe should only be having three or four
1: yeah a small a small amount like it's just it's fascinating to me how differently I look at food now back back in those days those pre-op days and and in the early days post-op I I actually became very frightened of, of food because I didn't understand. I didn't know what, I didn't know how much to eat. I didn't know what it was going to look like. As, as I progressed on, I didn't know how to keep my weight off. Yeah. And that was really, really frightening. Um, but I was, I think I was like in those, early, in those early pre-op times, even more terrified that I was just going to do something wrong during pre-op and my surgery would go badly. So everything was always quite a negative, like I always had quite a negative spin on most everything, particularly associated with food. So it's been a lot of work to to turn that ship around and to understand food and to know that it is 100% okay to eat whatever it is that I feel like eating. I just fit it into the framework that I've set up around my life for nourishing myself each day.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And to me, that's what moderation has become.
0: Yep. Uh, uh, for me, even even now, there are some foods, uh, like I love to have a cherry ripe now. Mm. I don't keep them beside the bed, yeah. because it's too easy access. Yeah. Put them in the pantry, So that if I think, oh, I'd really like cherry ripe, Mm. I have to go to the action of getting up, get out of bed, walk to the the pantry. Do I really want to do that? And there there are times when I'll do that and have a piece of fruit instead because it's given me enough time to actually think, do do I I want to do this?
1: Do I actually want it? Do I actually need it? Sometimes, we do actually, you know, need that for our mental health, for our, you know, we, we just, we just want to yep. have, we, we want to have that discretionary choice in our, yep. you know, in our eating plan. But not always. Yeah.
0: And last night it was one of those choices for me. I had a cherry ripe. Yeah. And I loved it. If I don't have another one for a couple of weeks, that's fine. Yep. If I do, that's fine too. So, I think in the lead up to, to our surgeries. Yeah let's go back a bit further than say the two weeks pre-op and and we need to start looking at at some of the changes that we might need to make yeah um, even a year pre-op
1: look you know this is this is not a hard and fast these are not hard and fast rules this is just looking back now what I wish I'd done yeah I wish I'd reached out to a psychologist that specialized in weight loss surgery earlier. I wish that I'd done that earlier. It would have probably helped me and made things a bit easier. I wish I had understood macros. I used to believe that 120 grams of chicken was 120 grams of protein.
0: Yeah, and how often were we told, oh, eat that, it's pure protein?
1: I didn't know that, that that's, That's actually not the case. So I had to learn um, a lot around, just around my beliefs with Mm. food and how do you structure food? How many Mm. carbs should you eat? How much protein should you eat? How much fat Mm. should you eat? Because we should have all of those things, not just one of them. And we should have everything in balance. So that is something that I wish with all of my heart, I had understood sooner.
0: Yeah. I know when the dietitian told me I had to have 120 grams of protein a day, I was like, oh, that's easy. You know, like just weigh a chicken breast out and you know, cut off the excess. Mm. I didn't realize that that 120 grams was over half a kilo of chicken if I was to just have chicken. Yeah, and after weight loss surgery that's hard to fit all that in so there, there are things that we definitely need the dietitians for to guide us in how to eat that and how to get those nutrients and the macronutrients in that we need because you know we can get deficient in vitamins and you know preoperatively for a lot of us we're having enough that we don't need vitamins because you know we do get it in in the vegetables that we yeah. eat and everything yep. but when we're only having a couple of spoonfuls
1: yeah it's a different how story. do we do that and most well my my surgeon actually said to me he said you know what you could be fine for a couple of years if you didn't take vitamins but then suddenly the stores in your body can be depleted very rapidly. I mean, for me, it didn't take a couple of years. For me, it took seven months. I was fine at my six-month blood test and by seven months, everything was in the toilet. So, you know, there's there, there's just real value in, I believe, in taking some time and actually maybe booking in earlier with with the dietitian and sitting down and asking some questions. Asking for um, personalized plans, or asking how much mm. of this do I need to eat to have the correct amount of nutrients a day?
0: Yeah, it's what's really my day important. going to look like?
1: Yeah, yeah. How will it look? Mm. Um, what what can I reasonably expect? That obviously they 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 don't have a crystal ball. They they can't tell us exacts. But just to have that guidance is mm. something that I wish I had done sooner. And I don't mean they give you a sheet with a list of foods on it that you can have.
0: Yeah, that's the most unhelpful thing.
1: I, I did not personally find that helpful at all. Um, I'm, I'm someone that needs to be told amounts, or this is what you could have, and this will be good for you. Yeah. I, need, I needed that little bit of extra hand-holding
0: yeah and some people don't and and that's fantastic and that's awesome. I need to know what my plate needs to look like Yeah. Uh, so you know I actually used one of those portion control plates yep. so that I knew that yes my plate should look like this yeah that was vital for me but back then there was su- such a small amount known about nutrition with with weight loss surgery and and that and there wasn't courses at universities you know Dietitians weren't being taught it. They were only learning it from experience It was hard to find anyone who knew anything but now Dietitians actually have experience with it. You know, we can we can find dietitians that are fantastic with people that have had weight loss surgery and I think it's good to ask those hard questions, you know, what Does my plate need to look like? Not what foods can I have?
1: If you ask what food and I suppose because we see so much of it on the on the Facebook community that we run, Bariatric Support Australia, because we see this question so often, it's become a real passion of mine anyway, to to encourage people to ask those questions of, of your health professionals. If they if they provide you just with a list it is okay to say I need more than that yeah. are you able to need more help can you give me more help because yeah. some of us just we just need to know and I needed that a hundred percent
0: yeah we we it's like if if someone gave me a shopping list to make a you know, traditional Indian dish mm. I would have no clue what to use the ingredients for, or how to use yeah, the ingredients. Unle-
1: unless you're given a method. Unless someone shows me.
0: So I can have the shopping list. We can have the list of what we can have. Yeah. It doesn't mean we can put that Your together. list of
1: ingredients is not the method. The list of ingredients is just the list of ingredients. So it is okay to say to the dietitian, I thank you so much for this list of ingredients. I need a method in order to be able to live my life out. Can you help me with that? Can you explain to me how I can use these ingredients in different dishes? What will that look like for me? How can I how can I incorporate these into my life? Because that, for me, is where, um, is where the battle was won and lost, to be really honest. I became very despondent with food around about six months post-op and I was just struggling and it really took me actually learning about it all myself and starting to understand how to make small meals with all of everything that I needed in it um, for me to be able to lift myself out of the terrible place that, that I'd fallen into. Yeah. So it's, it's why I've become just so passionate about this topic.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's an important one to have yeah, yeah. So if we're spending, for many of us, are spending twelve months in the lead up to yeah. our weight loss surgery, use that twelve use that. months to learn new methods, to to learn new portion sizes, mm. and you know it, it's fantastic reading the back of all the packages. You know how much protein's in it, yeah. how much fat,
1: how much empower carbs. yourself to. To just absolutely kick ass on the journey that follows. Yeah, you can use that twelve months and be ahead of the eight ball, rather than be trying to catch up like I was and like Damo was. Um, you know, you can ask for those resources, as Damo said. Start learning about reading the packaging if you're if you're unsure. Ask, you know, ask your dietitian. Yeah read about these things online. I mean obviously not all resources are the same and we know that but it's just so so important that we we become the masters of our own of our own story and our own journey. Um, a, a lot of times people say to me oh I don't need to worry about that because the dietitian will tell me and that's true to a point but unless they're actually giving you a complete meal plan then for me anyway, there was room for me to be unsure. So even just asking for that bit of extra help, it can just make such a difference in the long term. And, you know, we, we just want to see, see you succeed.
0: Yeah, yep. and, and not just with the, the weight loss surgery. Th- these are life skills. Yeah. You know, we can, we can use them in our whole life.
1: Absolutely. Um, you
0: know, asking the questions. You know, do it with your surgeon, with with your doctor, your GPs. Ask questions, and and find what is going to work for you. Mm. Because, like Tash said, there's there's no one single right way to do it. That so, if not. you feel like something's not working, ask the questions. Say this isn't working for me, and. And really push uh, with with that um, they call it where we advocate.
1: Yeah, self advocacy. Ad- advocate
0: for ourselves. Yeah. Because if we don't learn to do that, no one else is going to do it for us.
1: yeah hundred percent. I found that to be so true for me. Um, I often just accepted whatever, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't ask a lot of questions. I didn't feel like, like I was worthy or that I deserved answers. And I felt very intimidated by healthcare professionals. But that's not the case anymore, because I know that their job is, is to be able to assist us. And the best way for them to do that is if they know that we're unsure yep. so that they can then help in yep. that area.
0: Because I used to do that, I, yeah. I wouldn't want to come across as if I didn't understand what they were saying. Yeah. So I'd be sitting there nodding my nodding. head, going, yes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I understand." But inside, I'm going,
1: <laughs> "No, no, no." And you
0: know, I, I had to learn. That was a skill I had to learn was to actually ask and clarify, and even repeat back to them. So you're saying that I need to do X, Y, Z, and you know, by doing that, you know, sometimes I turn around and say, "No, that's not what I said at all." but it's just the way we might have... Yeah, it, might have interpreted so, it or heard yeah, it. Um, that, that's me.
1: Yeah, So, but, you know, even, even that ongoing support. So, like, my, my recommendation is get that, get that help and support preoperatively. Use that 12 months. If you're waiting for your health insurance, use that 12 months to your advantage. Set yourself up in the best way you can, you know, psychologically, with your dietitian. With your exercise physiologist, yep. set set all of those things in place for yourself. But then also follow that through. Follow that yep. through um, with with your journey with those specialists. Keep you know checking in yep. because they can help us to adjust things as we go. Yeah,
0: and write write your goals out what you yeah. want to see happen. That way, when you do see the specialists, you're, you're not forgetting to ask things. Yep. It, it's so important, you know, I always found I'd walk away going, oh, I should have asked this, should have asked that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, write it down and, and set goals so that you know when you're hitting your targets and, and you're achieving those things. Yep. Guys, we want to thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yeah, we do. Uh,
0: we, we love hearing your stories and, and just sharing our, our journey with you.
1: So thank you thank you for listening. And you know what if you would like to be a part of the of the Barry Chronicles at all then we would love that too. So you can contact us on
0: contact at Barry Chronicles B A R I C H R O N I C L E S .com Aren't I amazing for being able to remember all that? It's well done. But, yeah, contact us. We're also on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Uh, you can even contact us through Spotify, uh, Apple. Apple Play. Podcasts. YouTube. Uh, all those YouTube. All the things. All the things. We're on all of them, which is so exciting. Yeah,
1: and we would we would really love to hear from you. So, anyway, you guys have an amazing week.
0: And don't forget to subscribe on YouTube to keep up with all our latest episodes.
1: Awesome, stay, stay safe, safe
0: out guys. There.